welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy. Hey, everyone watching. You are live with us and we are live with you. We're so excited to come at you today like this. Very different. You know, with everything going on in the world right now, we have an opportunity to do things a little bit differently. So this is church and we're online and I want to welcome all of our Kingdom Culture family from our our local, from the city of Ottawa, as well as all those watching abroad, maybe around Canada or the first, first time guests with us that maybe don't know a lot about who we are. We welcome you. We hope you have an amazing experience today. As you know, it's a little bit different. We're in a living room here and I have a bunch of leaders with me. So I'm going to be looking at you and looking at them every once in a while. And so uh, we're going to have a good time. It's going to be a little bit of a conversation, uh, more of a conversational style anyways. And so I'm excited. But, you know, we are in a series right now. If you are tracking with us as a local church called What to Expect When You're Expecting. And it's funny because we launched week one last week on what to expect when you're expecting. And if you've watched the movie or if you've you've read the the famous book, it's all about what to expect when expecting a baby and the process that you have to go through. And so we're doing a series right now, a four-week series, uh, centered around this idea of, of setting our heart in a place of learning to, 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 to be prepared for what's to come when we're believing for something. And it's funny because last week we started and second week into it, we didn't expect this. And sometimes we have to expect the unexpected when we're expecting. It's a process that all of us go through. And sometimes, you know, confusion comes at us. Sometimes challenges come at us. Sometimes, you know, unforeseen opposition comes out of nowhere at us when we're believing for something and we think it's going to happen the way that we thought it was going to happen and it doesn't. And I think we have to learn to adjust, you know, and um, we have to adjust to the interruptions. Sometimes I remember I was thinking back in 2019, uh, in the, the summer, actually, I really felt God speak to me and say that we were about to move into a season of interruption. And, I, you know, it's not even been a year since I felt like God had spoken that to me. And I, I feel like this is an interruption. This is a global interruption, you guys. Like, we are in a global interruption. And it's kind of cool because there's nothing, there's never been a moment in history where government has mandated in such a way they, as they have for, for gatherings such as churches not to meet. And so like, I mean, this is like a global media online church revival today. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty crazy when you think about it. And so we want to leverage that and utilize that, you know, um, with all the stuff going on with COVID-19, otherwise known as coronavirus. We want to be smart, good stewards of community and, and you know, partner with our local and national health authorities and officials and governments just to say, hey, we're in this together. We want to see, you know, health happen and the eradication of this virus. But you know what? This is not really unfamiliar because all throughout the Old Testament, um, even like in Bible times in the Old Testament and even into the New 
um, social distancing was a normal thing. I mean, yeah. you look at Leviticus, you just read the book of Leviticus, and all the laws that were instituted in preparation to bring people on a journey through the wilderness, all the hygiene laws, I mean, these were big deals. I mean, this, this was a normal thing, you know? And it's not that it's supposed to be about, you know, produce fear. It's just, you know, to be clean, to be wise. There's an element of spirituality that we have to hold on to in faith. And then an element of wisdom where yeah. God's given us a brain. And, yeah. you know, we may have the faith to not be touched and be untouchable from this virus. But not everybody has that. Yeah. And so, you know, that's partly why I think, you know, a lot of churches have joined in on partnering with this moment with government and with health, health authorities in our cities uh, to come at everybody live in a different way, yeah. you know, and uh, it's not normal. I mean, Jesus even, he, he didn't always lay hands on the sick. He actually spoke a word sometimes from a distance. He socially, not, and it wasn't because he was afraid of the sickness, wasn't because he didn't want to get the sickness on him, but it was just an, not another way, another method, another form of communicating transforming power. You know, he said at, at his word, people would be healed. He would say the word. He would declare the word. And, you know, someone, a son or a daughter far away would be healed of whatever sickness they had. Mm -hmm. And he didn't even have to go there. And so that's kind of what we're doing today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, believing that as you took communion with us just moments earlier that that uh, you encountered God in a real way as a family, as a couple, or just hanging out alone in your living room, that whatever's going on in your life, maybe you've been in quarantine, maybe you've been going through some stuff or have sickness, our prayer is that you would be restored and healed today. And that's, that's where our faith's at. And so just because we're distanced as far as, you know, not in, in the same room together, we're not because we have technology. And so our prayer is that God was gonna, God's going to do some, something amazing today and, and, and through all of you. But here's the thing. With everything going on, fear is a real thing. Yeah. Fear is a real thing. I think there's two kinds of fear. There's like, there's, there's the fear of God, which we're going to be talking about. And then there's the fear of, of, of everything else. There's the fear of, well, what if it doesn't happen the way that I think it's going to happen? I'm expecting this and the unexpected happens. And, you know, what to expect when you're expecting, expect the unexpected. And in the unexpected, you have confusion, you have challenges, you have things that then produce fear that then rob us of life, rob us of living normal life. And so that's what we're talking about today. And, and I want to actually dive into this because I think there's been a little bit of hysteria. You know, the whole toilet paper movement, it's like a toilet paper <laughs> revival. If you have stocks in the toilet paper market, I mean, you are a multimillionaire probably right now. But, uh, you know, the hysteria, it produces fear, right? Yeah. But then there's the reality of being smart and, and wise, and it still produces fear at some level for some people. Because yeah. some people, it's real. Maybe they've lost loved ones and maybe to this virus already. Maybe they're sick and they're wondering what's going to happen. Are they going to be another statistic? Maybe they're el you have an elderly parent or or you are elderly watching and and you're 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 fear you're you're, you're afraid because you don't want to go out in public because you know that you know according to studies that you're kind of a target we want to pray today that, that yeah. fear would lift off yeah. of you yeah. uh you know it's very different than wisdom you know fear is very different than wisdom and we're going to talk a little bit about that my subject title if you're taking notes wherever you are in your living room Maybe you're watching in your bathroom. Whatever, wherever it is that you're watching live, we don't judge you wherever you are. Um, but if you're taking notes, I'd encourage you to write some stuff down because I feel like God is going to speak to you today in some powerful ways concerning how maybe the wrong kind of fear has entered your life. And we all face it. Nobody in this room, nobody watching is, is immune to the effects or the temptation that comes 
with fear in your life or in our life. Yeah. Nobody's immune to it. We have to wrestle with, with it every day. It doesn't mean we're governed by it. it. doesn't mean that we live by it. it doesn't mean we live and do life by it. Yeah. And so we're talking today about fighting fear with fear. Fighting fear with fear is what I want to, I really feel like God wants to focus on today. I, I literally, up until Friday, we didn't know we were going to do this. Um, I had something totally different that I was going to bring locally, and I felt like I needed to shift my whole focus. And so, obviously, this is something that's fresh. This is relevant to what's happening right now. And not, you know, we don't want to just focus entirely on what's happening as far as, you know, talking about COVID-19 the whole time. But it, it's a, re a real thing that has sparked, you know, lots of conversation. Uh, whether it's spiritually or, or just not spiritually, and we need to talk about it. And so it's fighting fear with fear, a living room conversation. You know that in the scripture, there's actually arguably 365 times where the word or the subject fear not or do not fear or other, or other variants of that phrase 365 times found in scripture. That's powerful. Yeah. That's one for each day of the year. And, and, and I think it's important that we know that because God wants us to, to, to realize that it's not his heart. It's never been his heart that we live life governed by fear. You know, when angels show up in the Bible, often you'll see when an angel would show up, they will preface their whole thing they're going to say with, do not fear. Do not be afraid. God will show up in a dream to somebody. He'll say, do not fear. Do not be afraid. Because it's, it's human nature to go into fear. It's human nature to respond to the unexpected when you're expecting something else and the unexpected happens. It's human nature to respond in fear. Like what's happening? I don't know. It's unfamiliar to me. I don't know how to respond to this. I'm confused. Fear. Fear is a huge thing. And we'll go back to actually fear is one of the first responses when actually when, when mankind chose to be independent from God. Way back in the garden. You can read it in Genesis 3. Way back in the garden. Fear was one of the first responses. What happened to, you know, when Adam, when, after they had eaten the fruit that they were told not to eat, things were perfect, perfect harmony. You know, the enemy came in the form of a serpent, you know, said, saying to, to, to Eve, did God really say that you can't eat off of this one tree? I mean, you have the whole garden to yourself. There's a tree of life. There's a whole bunch of awesome stuff you can, you can eat off of. I mean, it was like, it, it was amazing. It was pure pleasure, this lifestyle. And, and, but God said, there's one tree you can't touch. And it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Remember, it's the tree of knowledge. The knowledge, you know, this, this desire for knowledge, this desire for wisdom in life is a part of the human longing, right? We want to know more than we know. We want to know things we shouldn't know. Right. It's part of the human longing. And the serpent came, in the, or the enemy came in the form of a serpent, questioning what God had said not to eat off this tree. And what happened? I mean, they, they, they submitted to that temptation. The first response after they'd eaten the fruit, it was hiding themselves in fear. Adam said, I was hiding because I was afraid. So fear from the beginning has been what humanity has been wrestling with. Yeah. Humanity has been wrestling with fear since the very beginning. And it's funny because like, you know, fear can be energized by a lot of things. I mean, you can have a conversation with somebody about, hey, you know, the world's going to end because we have no more toilet paper and everybody goes and buys all the toilet paper in all the grocery stores, drug marts, everything. Because of fear, you know, and I, it's funny because in the midst of all of that, and, you know, I hadn't really done any research on it, but I, I, I was talking to uh, an authority in our city in a, about a, a news article that came out about how, you know, one third of our, of Canadian toilet paper, and this, 
I'm, I'm assuming this is right, but don't quote me on this. One third of Canadian toilet paper is actually manufactured in Hull. Like right, right next door to us. I mean, I mean, Ottawa, we're good. The, the issue is shipping, okay? Uh, but the thing is that hysteria and, and, and media and false sort of like uh, perspectives that, that's being promoted in the news media creates fear. Yeah. And so everybody goes in response to that fear. People have been responding to fear since the beginning of time. You know, one conversation about a roller coaster, about this crazy ride that you're about to go on, and you can be in line committed to go on the coaster, and all of a sudden someone gets off the coaster freaking out, you know, they're vomiting. All of a sudden you see and you witness this experience, someone else's experience, and all of a sudden you go into fear. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's an interchangeable reality. Your fear becomes my fear yeah, yeah. if I let it come in, if I let it, if I engage it. So, but, but what am I talking about here? I want to I read something in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says this, out of the Amplified, it says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear. Now, this is the Amplified. In some translations, it would just call it fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Okay, but the Amplified, it expands it a little bit. Um, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of, a sa- and of sound judgment yeah. and of personal discipline, mm-hmm. abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. So when you look at yeah. media, you're watching TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, and you're watching all the racks of toilet paper being cleaned out. You can remember that God's not given us a spirit of fear but he's given us a calm, sound mind. Now, I'm not saying, okay, don't hear this, that there's not an element of wisdom, like be prepared, but don't let fear be the driver. Don't let fear be the driver. Let wisdom be the driver, okay? Like don't go and buy, you know, 10,000 rolls of toilet paper because you're in fear. That's a little bit of exaggerated result of fear. Be wise. Buy what you need for the next two weeks. You know, buy what you need for the next month if you need to, but yeah. there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a line that gets crossed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there is a fear that, in fact, all of us have to deal with every day. And, and when, I, when I read this scripture about God has not given us a spirit of fear, um, we, we, we can trust that, we can believe that, but when it comes, when we feel fear, what do we do with it? Well, I want to talk about what it looks like to fight fear with fear. Most people would think, oh, we fight fear with faith, because fear is the opposite of faith. It's actually not unbelief, never been unbelief. Fear is the opposite of faith. And a lot of us think, well, to fight fear, we should fight with faith. And although there's an element of truth to that, which I'll break down in a few moments, I'd like to change the, the way we communicate that, because really, from a biblical vantage point, we actually fight fear with fear, but not the kind of fear that most people have an understanding of. Yeah. It's not the kind of fear of like, you know, fearing not going to have enough. And so you hoard. It's a different kind of fear. Let me just read out of Proverbs 9, 10. I'm talking about the fear of God. The fear of God. And this is not, uh, once again, this is not like a, oh my gosh, he's angry at me. He's going to punish me. That's not the kind of fear I'm talking about. That is not who he is in his character, okay? So before, as I read this, don't hear what I'm saying as I'm talking about this fear that everybody would probably talk about when it comes to God, like I'm afraid that God's gonna strike me with a lightning bolt today. That's not what I'm talking about. Proverbs 9 verse 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That phrase is so incredibly powerful. It's so incredibly powerful. There's so many things packed in that phrase. Now this is the wisest man at the time that had ever lived Solomon, 
King Solomon, wrote these words. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Some things that stand out to me in this verse is obviously fear. What does it mean to fear the Lord, the fear of the Lord? And then the beginning. Beginnings are very important. Beginnings are the start. How things start often determine the trajectory of something. How things begin are very important. How you start something, how you start a decision process. If you start with peace, the decision will probably be easier to come to a conclusion on. If you start with fear, you're, you might be wrestling with it a little longer. So your start, your start approach really affects and determines the outcome and how long it takes to get to an outcome. So the beginning, and then obviously the beginning of wisdom. Why is wisdom important? Well, wisdom is how we build our life. I mean, there is no success without wisdom. This word for wisdom, one of the most common words in, in, in the Old Testament for wisdom is a word that actually means the beginning, the, the first, the starting point. It means the principal thing. And, and it's funny because in the beginning, in the beginning, this was, wisdom was there. It says in Proverbs 8, verse 30, that in the beginning with God, in the design of the universe, of the cosmos as we know it, wisdom was with God as an architect. Wisdom is the blueprint from which we live our lives. So wisdom, in other words, wisdom, godly wisdom actually sets our lives up for what he looks at as success. It's not our version of success, but how God looks at our lives and say, well, this is success. Well, success only happens governed by his wisdom. You have earthly wisdom, which is awfully empowered by fear at times. Then you have God's wisdom, which is not empowered by that type of fear that we all know, that cowardice, fearful of what's going to happen. You know, I'm, I'm going to die. I'm afraid for my life. But a fear of God. Yeah. What is a fear of God? A fear of God is simply keeping in awe of God at the forefront of your mind. Now, let me read this. I want to read this in a different translation to kind of break this down a little more. It's going to help you because... You know, I'm, I'm talking a lot around in circles here around this topic. Proverbs 9, verse 10, the same, the same verse I just read, but out of, uh, out of the Amplified, says it like this. The reverent fear of the Lord that is worshiping him and regarding him as truly awesome is the beginning and the preeminent part of wisdom. Its starting point and its essence and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding and spiritual insight. So did you hear that? The reverent fear of the Lord. So there's like a, the, oftentimes people think the fear of God is like, God's going to strike me. Like I said, God's going to punish me, chastise me in a bad way, like a, a, hard, a hard knock father to, you know, to a nice son, a, a nice son. I made a mistake and God's going to get me. A lot of people have that paradigm, right? And, uh, but that's not what Solomon is, is talking about. That's not what God is speaking through Solomon. He's talking about a reverent fear of God that is worshiping him and regarding him as truly awesome. That's what faith looks like. Another, another you know, title that I could have called this whole message really was when fear becomes faith. Because when this fear, when you get a hold of the fear of God in your life and you understand that he's truly awesome and he's bigger than all this stuff, he's bigger than the virus out there, he's bigger than sickness, he's bigger than all that, and you, you, get, you get a glimpse that your problem really isn't as big as God, but God is bigger than your problem. Yeah. When you get a glimpse and a revelation of that, you literally, you deem him as truly awesome. Yeah. And, and you revere him. Like, man, you got this, God. Like, you got yeah. this. Yeah, we do our part and we don't just sit on our couch and do nothing, but we understand that God is in charge. Yeah. God is in charge. We have control over how we manage life, but God is in charge. It's very important we understand that. But like I said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning 
of wisdom. We need wisdom. Really, you can't talk about the fear of God. You can't talk about fighting fear with fear if you don't talk about the value of wisdom because wisdom is how we live. Wisdom is the guide from which we build our lives on. We have to have wisdom. It's the starting point. It's the foundation. Interesting, you could read it in Proverbs 4. It says that wisdom is the principal thing. The first spirit or attribute of the, of the sevenfold spirit of God in Isaiah 11 is the spirit of wisdom. When Paul prays in Ephesians, he says that the, the spirit of wisdom and revelation would be upon you so that you can get to know God a little better. Wisdom was first. Wisdom is the first spiritual gift mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I mean, wisdom over and over again in Scripture, you see it as an important tool or important reality that we are all to live by, but we only have godly wisdom if we have a fear of God, which is really a faith in God where we revere Him above all else. Because a lot of us, we revere the, the lack of toilet paper, we revere the virus, we revere the lack of anything above God often, right? Because these things cause anxiety and worry, like not having enough, can't pay our bills, struggling at home, not gonna be a good parent, not gonna be, a, you know, I'm gonna lose my job. All these things that kind of plague us day in and day out, we feel like we're not good enough. When we let those things in to govern our decisions or to govern our interactions, what we're doing is we're not fearing God, we're actually revering the fear itself. Wow. And we're honoring the fear itself. And we honor the fear itself. It's like we're worshiping another entity in a sense. We're, worship, we're worshiping another influence rather than worshiping God who wants to eradicate and destroy all that fear. That's why we fight fear with fear. When fear comes at me, I'm like, hey, God, I have to, I got to get into that place of distrusting you, distrusting you. I know like the last 48 hours have been a little bit of like a whirlwind. Lots of things have been going on just preparing for this and, and getting things, you know, moving so we can come at you this way for however long we need to, whether it's this week, next week, or the week after, but, and we will let you know, but, um, you know, the last 40 hours have been a whirlwind, you know, and, and uh, my wife made a comment, I'm just going to put you on the spot right now, I'm so sorry, we made a comment yesterday that she said, you just need to position yourself, you're, you're been too much in the flesh all day, and it was true, <laughs> it, it, it was, it was true, because I, you know, in the whirlwind, sometimes you get caught up in the, all the stuff, right? And instead of stopping it, and, and I've, I've been revering all the things that I have to do above just being in peace. Yeah. Yeah. This is a challenge. I mean, it's easier said than done. Yeah. But it's a choice you have to make to lean into, man, if Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and he is, I have to choose to lean in to say, God, God like I, I, in this time, I don't get it. You know, things are, there's panic all around the world. You know, we have to adjust everything. There are small businesses right now that are struggling, big businesses that are struggling. Um, you know, doors are closing. People are getting hit on all fronts because of what's going on. Everybody is in a similar state at some level. The best thing you can do is stop, drop, and surrender to the fear of God, which turns into the faith in God. The fear of God becomes faith in God. Very important we get that. The, faith, the fear of God becomes the faith in God that we need to move forward and to advance through hard times and challenging times. And uh, I, I think this is so applicable to so many of us right now listening. I remember I had a dream back in, in September uh, of 2011. I had a dream and, and my, my you know, nighttime uh, is, is I go through seasons where I'm very aware at night and a lot of my encounters with God happen at night, whether it's in a dream or I wake up and I'm having an encounter and I, I've learned to value this over the years and, and learn that this is part of how God communicates to me. And I woke up one night, I don't know if you remember this because often I wake you up when this happens, but I woke up one night and um, 
and I, 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 I was having this like vision and I was looking, there was like the wall beside my bed. I was looking at the wall and I, it was like I knew there was like a secret door in the wall that I had to unlock. And so I got up, I'm, I'm awake, okay? I'm having this encounter and I'm, I'm, I'm like in a half dreamlike state, I'm awake and I'm trying to open this secret door but I don't have the key, but I know and I'm aware that the key is available to me. I know that I can unlock it, I have the ability to unlock it, I just have to access the key. This is kind of what I'm talking about because I'll tell you why, there is, I don't wanna call it a secret door, but there is a door, there is a, a, a resource, a wealth of resource that's available to us in times like this, yeah. of strength, of perspective, of faith that comes from God, that is accessible, but we have to have the key, and I believe the key is fear, the fear of God. To fight fear, we have to have fear. It's the fear of God. To trust that maybe I can't access it right now in my flesh. I don't have the ability in my own effort, but there's a key in here. There's a key, it's to trust God. God will give me, God always will grant you access to what he wants to give you in times of crisis. But you gotta lean in, and you gotta pay attention. It's very important. You know, I, 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 you know, someone asked the question. I kind of, I, I had, you know, asked a few of you to, to send me some, some messages around what you, you know, what you think or what you would ask regarding fear. And some of you, you had some great questions. I'm not going to really go through all of them, but there were some things that stood out. Like, how do you, how do you know, um, or how do you know the difference between, you know, fear and faith, or, or you know, what does it look like? What would you tell somebody that has been living a life governed by fear? Well, I, you know, I would start by saying that fear is very different than discernment. Mm -hmm. yeah. Heavenly wisdom and discernment go together. We build our life with wisdom, godly wisdom. You know, the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is not the wisdom of man. Yeah. Very important we understand that because the wisdom of man is infected often with biases, non-objectivity, uh, lots of things that fuel the wisdom of man. The wisdom of God often sounds like foolishness to man, actually. It often sounds like, if you read the scripture, like I mean, all, old to new, I mean, a lot of things that God told us to do when things, when we thought, when, when we would have thought to do something else, made no sense. It wasn't supposed to make sense. It was supposed to make faith sense. Making sense up here is very different than it making sense down here. Yeah. Our spiritual journey is not gonna always make sense. You know, and one of the things I would say is that, you know, learning to understand that the difference, be, there's a difference between discernment and wisdom and fear, and that if fear is a motivator for your decisions, you will always lose. Yeah. But if a reverent awe of God, including him in the decision, with faith, fueled by faith, becomes the motivator of your decisions, you'll always win, even if you feel like you fail. And that's a promise. Hebrews 11 verse six says, it's impossible to please God except by faith. You know, fear, the fear of God becomes faith. To have faith, we have to put our trust in God, put him first in every area of our life. There's so many promises all throughout scripture about what happens when we have the fear of God at the forefront. I love what it says in Proverbs 14. Proverbs 14, it says, in the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. Strong confidence. I, I wonder how many of us struggle with confidence because we don't have an understanding of the fear of God in our lives. Because, you know, Paul said it in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. He said, live a life worthy yeah. of the calling yeah. 
that I've given to you. Well, when we don't live worthy, we live in an unconfident state. We live like, oh, we have nothing to give. We say, okay, well, one day when I'm perfect, all my ducks are in a row. One day when, you know, I got the kids, I got the house, I got the car, there's stability. Then and I'll be used by God. One day, one day. We, we think this way, don't we? We're not living worthy of the calling he's given us when we live that way. Wherever, whatever state you're in right now, you could be in the midst of crazy addiction right now, struggling some sort of habitual issue, insecurity, you know, your pride stopping you from advancing in life, fear, whatever the case may be, whatever position or condition you're in right now, you can live worthy of the calling over your life by making a choice to say, okay, my calling is bigger than my struggle. To live worthy of the calling literally means, that word for worthy in the Greek language literally means to live and act according to the price tag or the value that God has placed on you. This is, the, this is the reason why we don't have confidence because we believe about ourselves that we are unworthy, that we don't have anything to give. We don't live worthy because we, 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 we believe that every other narrative around our life and even our own internal narrative is actually the strongest one. When God says, no, I've called you, despite if you feel qualified, despite if you feel equipped, despite if you feel insecure, despite if you feel like you physically can't do what I've called you to do, I've called you, and when you trust in me, revere me above the fear that's coming against you, you're going to fight fear with fear, and you're going to win every time and live out the calling that I've placed on your life. You're gonna live worthy of the calling. And I wonder if many of us in this room and many of us watching are not confident in life because someone told you or you told yourself that the fear and the things that could happen are more important than what could happen if you just leaned in and trust God in your life. I wonder if we're not confident because we don't have an understanding of what it looks like to revere God in every area of our life. I mean, confident in your finances. When you, re- you put God first in your finances, it's going to change the way you live. When you put God first in your family, it's going to change the way you live. You put first, God first in your career, in your job, your business, it's going to change the way that you live, the decisions you make. The fear of God has to touch every single area. Proverbs 14, 26, in the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. This is why we do communion. We did it earlier. We do communion because doing communion, the act of communion, brings Jesus back to the forefront of our focus. He said, do this in remembrance of me. That word remembrance literally means to bring me back to the forefront of your mind. When he comes back to the forefront of your mind, no longer is the problem there. So think about it. You're focusing on the fear. You're focusing on the problem, the what-if scenarios, the anxiety, all these things. Whatever it is you're going through, that, that, if that's the forefront of your focus, it will govern your decisions. But communion, it says, do this in remembrance of me. Bring me back to the forefront of your focus so that I am the lens through which you see everything you do through. Where I am the lens where all the decisions you make are happening motivated by how you see me, not how you see your problem. Or how you see your fear. Put me first. Revere me above all else. I love, you know, Proverbs 29 verse 25 says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. He even connects this fear to faith right here. Those that trust in the Lord will be safe. But if you have fear, the fear of man, the fear of anything else but God is what he's saying, will snare you. It will lock you. It will bind you. 
and, and you know this, you, you, can, you can discern if, if you're living this way by what you're not doing right now that you know you should be doing. Think about right now in your life, the things that you're not doing that you have a gut that says you should be doing, but because, but if you look, if you did a self-evaluation right now, you'd say, well, I, I'm probably not doing it because of what man might say, yeah. what people might say, what so-and-so might say. If that is at all a voice in the back of your mind, you know that fear is ruling you and not the fear of God. Yeah. Yeah. You know that there's another fear that's governing your decisions. And, and this is the thing, guys. Nobody watching is immune to this. We all battle with this, but you don't have to be governed by it. Yeah. I battle with it all the time. I mean, being, being someone that teaches and equips people in the area of the supernatural. We believe that God is an experiential God and God wants to speak to you, that God wants to do incredible, extraordinary things through you, that God wants to make the extraordinary normal and ordinary in your life, the abnormal normal. We believe that as a culture and that's been our whole ministry. It's our DNA, who we are. You know, in that world though, man, fear is gonna come at you. It's gonna come at me, it comes at me all the time. You know, being in front of thousands of people and getting up there and as I'm walking up the stage, God's like, you're not going to say anything that you prepared you were going to say, just trust me. Fear hits me in that moment. Fear hitting you is not a bad thing. It's what you do with it. Fear is not your best friend, but it can be a great initiator to cause you to stop, drop, and surrender to faith, which is fear, the fear of God. Fear is never your best friend. It's not even your friend, but it is an incredible initiator to bring an awareness that, hey, okay, I gotta shift fears right now. I'm in the wrong fear. I'm gonna move into the fear of God. God, no, no, wait a minute. You called me to this. You got, you got me. I don't feel confident, but I'm gonna trust in your confidence. If you've called me, I'm gonna live worthy of the calling despite what I feel, despite what my circumstances say. I'm gonna step out and I'm gonna fight fear with fear and then I'm gonna see faith in action. And I live this all the time. I mean, I'm stepping out, I'm on the street with somebody, I'm in the grocery store and God speaks to me a name or an address or details about someone's life. And I gotta step out. I don't know. It could be wrong. It could be right. I'm gonna deal with the fear. It's a part of the process. But I can't let it rob the moment. When it robs the moment, it robs the confidence. Guys, and confidence is your greatest currency when it comes to walking with God, journeying with God. Confidence is one of your greatest currencies to live. It's, it's, it's how you move. It's how you live life. To be confident in who you are in Christ is your identity. Wow. Hugely important as we, as we advance in this season. As we advance in this season. Proverbs 19, verse 23. Just a few more scriptures. The fear of the Lord leads to life. Leads to life. We see it over and over again. Not only do we see do not fear, don't fear, be not afraid, all throughout the scripture. Solomon, the wisest, the wisest of all kings, laid out a foundation for us of what happens when the fear of God is at the top in our life, to fight fear with fear. You know, there's this song that uh, I, think it's, I think it's really interesting. I think it's very prophetic. Maybe those that are watching haven't heard it yet. It's called The Blessing, and it was written just a, about a week, and a, just a week and a half ago now, I think, um, uh, out of a church uh, called Elevation Church, and Carrie right. Job and Cody Carnes and Stephen Furtick, they wrote this song called The Blessing, and really it's a pronouncement. It's a, it's a declaration uh, over, the, over the body. They recorded it within just days on live on Sunday, and it's gone viral. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. I believe it's probably one of the most powerful prophetic declarations yeah of 2020 and 
not coincidental that right as we move into this global isolation that, hey, we're, we're, we're believing for God's favor to be upon us and God's favor to be upon our children and our children's children. And every time, man, every time they, they say the children's children, the children, the children, it just wrecks me every time because it's all about generations. It's all about what comes after us, like how we live in this season, how we respond to moments like this affects the children. It affects, it shapes their perspective of, of, of you know, does, does, does fear have a place in my life? How do I, how do I put God first? It, it shapes the, the narrative in their own mind of how they interpret faith and fear. And so, you know, there's a scripture that says in uh, Psalms 112 verse 1 uh, to 3, it says, praise the Lord, blessed. It says blessed, which means happy, is the man who fears the Lord who delights or takes pleasure toward or is inclined to or is bent towards greatly in his commandments, says in verse two, his descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. I love this because in verse two and three, you see blessed and happy is the man who fears the Lord. Then it actually says what's gonna happen to the things, the people that come after him. It says the blessing of putting God first in reverential fear in our life fights the fear for the future. It fights the fear for the generations that come after us. It sets the narrative and the tone, uh, how you respond as a mom, as a dad, as a friend, as a coworker to the things that are coming at you affects the people around you and the generations to come. And so this is why it's so important we get a hold of this, fighting fear with fear in this conversation is because if, if we don't model this in times like this, the next generation will just simply carry on the legacy that we leave spiritually, the framework. Yes, there's grace, yes, there's mercy, and they don't have to be like us if we make mistakes, but we have a responsibility to help frame, build a framework for them to live from in the future. And I love this as a declaration. You see over and over again the promises that come as a result of putting God first in our life. Well, that's it. That's really it for today. I really just wanted to, to bring some encouragement. I hope this encouraged you, you know, so many of you right now, you're dealing with fear. It's a real thing. Yeah. And, and maybe you'd say, well, I don't really feel fear towards the COVID-19 thing. That's fine. Maybe you have fear that your relationship's going to fall apart. You have fear that you're never going to get married. You have fear that the thing that you have always wanted is never going to happen. You have fear that, you know, maybe your finances won't turn around or your business will never explode the way you want it to, or you have fear that you're gonna go bankrupt, or not gonna get the job that you want, or just things aren't going to go the way that you've been hoping. You've been expecting one thing, and the unexpected has happened. And you're learning about what to expect when expecting, and that's not to know always what to expect. You're, you're in that state right now. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're just you're struggling with some sort of insecurity, fear, uh, addiction, you know, maybe pride is stopping you. You're afraid of letting people in. You're afraid of vulnerability. You have fear in that area and it's robbing you of relational equity and investment that, that people are trying to, 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 to give you and put in you, but you're rejecting it because you're afraid of being hurt again. I don't know what your fear is right now, but I know that everybody watching, maybe you're afraid that your kids are not gonna follow God and they're not gonna, they're gonna reject God because of what you've done or, or maybe that you know, sickness has ravaged your home you know, and there's physical issues and conditions in your body or your spouse or maybe you, maybe you have cancer. I don't know what your situation is but I know that fear is real. Yes. And my prayer today is that God would begin to show you piece by piece how it's his desire to pull that fear from you. 
and give you a new type of fear, and that's to trust in him, that he's a good God, that he's a good father, that he wants to give you good things. Maybe you feel like you want to disconnect right now and in in, you're in your living room. I want to encourage you to stay connected for a little while longer. I know God is going to move. And maybe you're watching in, in, in your, your living room or whatever you're, you're watching in your car. Maybe you're on a journey. You don't know what would happen to you if you were to die today. You don't know what would be next. You don't have a relationship with God. Maybe you came on this broadcast by accident or somebody invited you and you're just in the, in the background. Whatever the case may be, there are people that are watching probably right now and will watch this in the next 48 hours that do not have a relationship with Jesus. It's the most important relationship, the most important decision you'll ever make in your entire life. Romans 10 makes it very simple. All we have to do is open up our heart and open up our mouth and connect and say yes to who he is, what he's done for our lives, to receive forgiveness. It doesn't matter what you've done. You could feel like the worst person on the planet. His love for me is no different than his love for you. It's unconditional across the board. This is the good news of what he came to bring. He loves you so much. He has hope for you. He has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. It doesn't matter what place or what stance you're living in right now. He wants to revolutionize and transform your entire life. He wants to restore your marriage. He wants to help you pick up the pieces. He's a good friend. He's a good father. He he is somebody that will never leave or never forsake you. Maybe you felt rejected in life and you you live your life from that place of rejection that no one's ever going to stick around. He's someone that will always stick around. He's always been with you. You just haven't been aware of it. In this moment, if you would, if, even if you're watching and, and, and this is all a part of your life already, I want to encourage everyone just to take a moment to close their eyes right now, just to connect with God. And I'm going to pray some things, but before I pray about some things, if you're in this moment with me right now and you feel like, man, I want a relationship with Jesus. I want to come into a relationship with Jesus. All you have to do is say yes. He died on a cross 2,000 years ago to set you free, to give you the best life to give you a life of awesomeness. And all you have to do is say yes. Yes to his forgiveness, doesn't matter what state you're in. Yes to his life. I want you, Jesus, at the center. I want you, I want your fear. I want to fear you above all else. I want you at the forefront. I want you as the centerpiece at my table in this season. And if you would say that, if you would just open up your heart and say yes and accept that, that on the cross, he literally, he was punished so you could be set free all the junk in your trunk, all the sin, all the stuff that has come against you on the cross in one moment, in one moment, he took all of that pain so you could be set free of your own pain. And all you have to do is say yes. Maybe you're in this room right now uh, or or you're watching right now and, and you need a healing in your body. This is also a part of it. As you let Jesus into your life at the forefront, healing is also yours. And I want to say a prayer for all those watching right now. If, if you want to let Jesus into your life right now for the first time, I want you just to repeat, repeat, or just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I believe that you are God. I want you in my life. I want a real relationship with you. I accept your forgiveness today. And I commit to developing a relationship, relationship. moving forward forward. in Jesus' name. name. Amen. If you said that and you really meant it, I want you just to email us at info at kingdomculture.ca. You can send a message in the chat room. Let us know. Let us, so we can send some resource to you. I know this is a powerful moment. For the rest of us, wherever you are, I want love for you to stand up with me. 
and, uh, and and just like just, you know, lift your hands just for a few moments because over your household, over your family, I want to pray for this fear to go. I want to pray for miracles to invade your house. I want to pray for power, for God's power to overwhelm you in this season in Jesus' name. That, that the media and all the things that are coming at you would not be the first narrative you listen to, but that in this season that you would hear what God is saying over you. And so God, I thank you that you're going to pull fear from us in this in this season, that you've not given us a spirit of fear. We're going to fight fear with fear in this season. God, I pray for everybody watching, God, with pneumonia. There's somebody with pneumonia right now watching. I pray for healing right now. I pray for healing around. There's somebody right now, you have a hip issue. You actually need some sort of a potential surgery, and you're watching right now, and you're going to watch this again. I feel like God is going to touch you in Jesus' name. God's going to touch somebody with a hip condition. You need surgery. You're thinking of surgery. It's very dysfunctional right now. You're actually in your late 50s. I pray right now that God, you'd restore the hip right now. God, restore the feet, God. I pray that you would release a, just a, a wave of healing, God, over every part of the body. Any, any of those that maybe are recovering from cancer or who have cancer, those that are afraid, that are battling with the fear that the cancer will come back, or that are battling with the fear of death right now. I just pray, God, that you'd break and you'd pull out yeah. that spirit of death, and God, we rebuke yeah. that cancer. We pray yeah. for a healing of the yeah. cancer yeah. to happen right now through the camera. Yeah. Just put your hand on that area, wherever you are right now. Put your hand on the area where you need healing in Jesus' name yeah. right now. God, we thank you for restoring marriages, for restoring our lives, God, restoring mental challenges that we may be having right now, things that aren't just functioning properly in the brain. God, I pray for healing yeah. to happen right now in yeah. the brain. God, mobility in the fingers, yeah. mobility in the joints. I just pray for restoration yes. in Jesus' name that God, in this season of isolation and quarantine, that there would be a revival of healing yes. in the homes, God, like a house media house revivals where you'd revive us, you'd wake us up to the things of God, wake us up to the fear that is of you, and God also heal and restore and do only what you can do in Jesus' name. God's got you. Don't let fear rule you. In this season, he's got you. He has a plan for you. Lean in, lean in and watch what God does in Jesus' name. 